Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. You have made it to Friday, and so have we on the Three Martini Lunch. We're glad you're with us. Your stool is ready. Chad Benson, host of the Chad Benson Show on the Radio America Network, is in for the vacationing Jim Garrity today. I'm Greg Corumbus, and Chad, we'd love to send folks out with a good martini on this wonderful Friday, but uh, sadly, Rob Long was right yesterday. We don't uh, have a two-day streak on a good martini, so we've got a couple of bad martinis and a crazy martini. Let's start with probably the biggest bad martini, and that's what we're seeing in a lot of cities, but I think Portland's kind of the microcosm of this. There's been unrest there really since uh, the protests started in the wake of the death of George Floyd, which of course was Memorial Day weekend. So now we're basically at two months since then. It's over 50 days of unrest in the city of Portland. Uh, There's been a lot of vandalism. There's been some assaults. Uh, They've been targeting now the federal courthouse. And that's why President Trump and the Department of Homeland Security uh, sent federal forces out there. But the issue here for me, Chad, and it's not just in Portland, but it's in Seattle, it's in Chicago, it's in a lot of different places, is the media on this because for some reason they refuse to differentiate between the hooligans and the people actually marching for police reform and uh, peacefully asking for racial equality to be to be focused on. For some reason, they feel like they have to defend all of them. So on the one hand, uh, when it's just vandalism, they don't cover the story at all. And then when there is a federal response to protect federal property, which is kind of the job of Homeland Security, well, it's the jackbooted thug stormtroopers who are out in the streets now. And so they're obviously the villains. And therefore, it's the, uh, the, the poor victims are, are the people who've been causing mayhem for seven weeks running here. So uh, what do you make of, of what we're seeing in the streets and how the media is handling? Look, it's a great time to thump Trump, as I always say. And, and look, the, Trump does enough where you can argue some things. This is the way I look at Portland. And, and I've, been, I've been saying this for the last several days and people have been on me. I don't want to have the feds all over the place, but they have the right to be there and protect them. They can't take people down constitutionally in other parts of the area except on federal land is kind of what is being thrown out there but the reality is is portland you did this to yourself you this is what you decided you wanted seattle you decided you wanted this kind of 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 government and so that's on you having the federal government bail you out they shouldn't have to do that chicago's a different story because the chicago is the police are asking for help with with the gangland violence and and stuff like that so you could see where okay look this is we should have less fighting here but when it comes to portland even their mayor wheeler they they boo him they want him gone he's a fascist too this is what you guys wanted and and they should focus on why are these people so upset why first of all this is because of george floyd we're not talking about george floyd anymore they've usurped this and made it about them being mad at the police and anything to be angry about. Why aren't we talking about the fact that there are petulant children, that they're, they're protesting against growing up more than anything else, and that they want to break things and throw a fit? And we should talk about the fact that you guys saw tear gas, but that wasn't just like, hey, guys, let's shoot some tear gas because this will be good. It was after they had defaced started a fire in the federal courthouse and shot fireworks at them that finally there was a response. That isn't being talked about. It's of course, Trump's overreach that's being talked about. If I'm Trump, I say, what do you guys want me to do about it? 
This is the politics that they want to have in their city. And if they want to let it burn, that's on them. Maybe the people in the cities will start voting in a much different way. Well, that question was actually asked of the uh, acting Homeland Security Secretary, uh, Chad Wolf, I believe his name is. And he said, look, uh, we could do that, but the job of the Department of Homeland Security is to actually protect the homeland, and that includes these facilities. So even if politically we thought that might be uh, somehow the right response, it's not the job that we've agreed to do here. Yeah. Well, in, in theory, I mean, let's, let's be 100% honest. It, it, Trump likes the fact that he can stir up uh, a little bit of of anger on, on some people, so let's not uh, let's not pretend that that doesn't happen as well. And you know, most people. It's funny because I get blowback from a lot of listeners. Well, we should be doing these things. We should be. It was said, and they start saying we need to protect the citizens. I said that's not what this is about. I said if this was a civil war and they were killing hundreds, that'd be a different story. This isn't that situation. The issue, like I said, I have is if I'm Trump and I'm trying to make a real argument here of this crazy Antifa lunacy, I'm allowing them to just burn it down if you guys want to. And I know that sounds weird, but at some point in time, because what ends up happening here, Greg, is they're going to go in there and they're going to try to quail it and fix it. And it doesn't really fix what's broken, which is their politics. It just extends it. And that's the scary thing. And, and Chad Wolf, come on, you guys, we all know if they wanted to, they could say, mm. you know, it is what it is. But look, I have no problem with them protecting the federal stuff, but the taking people off of, 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 of city property, and, and that's some of the issues I think we should all be, you know, worried about. Like, absolutely. But, you know, it, it's just, it's lunacy. It's chaos. And this has been going on. We're, we're heading in almost the 60th day, Greg. Of, of this stuff going on. And it's, it's nuts. It is nuts. But it isn't going to be until it gets into the suburban areas that people pay attention. If those people really want to get everybody against them, they'll march to the suburban areas. And then you see what happens when they went to Jenny Durkin's house. She's like, we need to close the jazz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the murders downtown that didn't do it, but uh, the protest at her house certainly did the trick. Two quick things before we go here. You mentioned the fact that we've gone far afield from the George Floyd issue and, and uh, police conduct and that sort of thing. I think that was crystallized in a picture where you had this, this mob of Antifa, almost entirely white, uh, trying to get at the courthouse, and you had two brave black men standing in front of the fence trying to stop them from doing it. I think if you need a, an image of how this has gone 180, uh, I think that's that's about as good as you're going to get. It gets no better than that's exactly what it's patching a little over suburbanites who hate America and capitalism, and that's where they got their master's degree in, who are wandering around in a tutu and a, you know, a picture of Che Guevara on their T-shirt and telling everybody how they should live their life and what a bunch of fascist pigs they are. And you just sit there and you just laugh and you're like, this is, this is chaos right here. Uh, and this isn't for George Floyd. This is because you don't want to grow up. Yeah, exactly. And lastly, Mayor Ted Wheeler. I mean, this guy has tried to be as woke and as uh, friendly towards the, the rioters as humanly possible. And even he, of course, as you mentioned, got shouted down when he went out there, which basically goes to tell you that uh, you can't appease these people. No, you can't. You can't appease them. And the scary thing is he's in a, he's in a race for mayor. And the lady he's running against is already said she is Antifa. 
So no matter how woke you are, you're not going to be woke enough for this mob. And he's a fascist because he won't abolish the police. They're not even talking about defunding the police. They're talking about abolishing the police. (laughs) Good luck with that, guys. It's crazy. It's just crazy. We chronicled all week long about how Berkeley's got uh, plans to have unarmed civilian city employees pull people over instead of the police now. And Minneapolis is struggling, to put it mildly, to find some sort of alternative there. So uh, it's... uh, it's yeah, interesting to watch. Out, do we have to arm these people? Well, yeah, I, w- I would probably think that. You know what you guys should do is you guys should get them a uniform and you should arm them, give them a set of rules that they should follow, <laughs> and uh, we'll call them the police. Do we already have that? <laughs> we did. We just got to call it something else now because they'll never admit they were wrong. All right, let's move on to our second bad martini now. And Chad, the economy is, well, not in a good position right now. The, the job numbers for May and June were definitely better than a lot of folks expected. And President Trump is taking political comfort in that. But uh, we've got a couple of indicators lately that uh, weekly jobless reports, unemployment reports are going up. And now we've got this huge fight on Capitol Hill about what to do with the unemployment benefits that were set in place back at the very beginning of the pandemic. And so Republicans have decided, and they actually, a few of them actually called this out at the time, Uh, that this $600 a week benefit, which is now going to expire at the end of July, so, you know, a week from now, is, uh, was too much. And it should be calibrated based on what the person was actually making. Because if you get more in unemployment benefits than you are making on the job, what's the incentive to actually go back to work? You just stay on the dole. But uh, instead of figuring this out based on previous salaries, the Republicans want to make it 70% of what they were making before. Democrats want to keep it where it is. And you're never going to be the the popular guy when you're going to take benefits away from someone. So how does this get resolved? Slowly. Uh, They're going to battle it out. A week from today, that goes away. Most of those checks are going to go out this weekend. Uh, The Republicans, and and I've been saying this, look, here's the issue. The issue is for a lot of people out there, it's tough because we're in some ways disincentivizing people to go out to work if they have the opportunity to do it. But then you've got states across the land who are closing or reclosing things down. So it's a catch 22. I think the smart thing for them to do is to look over the Democrats, say, look, we're going to do another round of stimulus and we're going to extend benefits, but the benefits aren't going to be 600. They may be $300 a week on top of what they get. And we're going to do that for the next 90 days. And after that, if you guys agree to this, we're going to, that's it at that point in time. And uh, Peter Schiff, who I enjoyed to listen to, said, you know, I would like to see what the states do if you start to hold them accountable for some of this monies that the feds were throwing in. Meaning, you guess what, guys? You, you guys want to do this? You want, you, you want to close everything down and, and you don't really want to enforce some of these things or whatever it is you want to do? Well, you're going to be on the hook for, for a portion of this because it'll make you think about how you can try to keep the economy flowing and what you need to do when you have the feds coming and bailing you out, it's other people's money. So you're not too worried about it, but they've got to figure something out because it is we're the job market is slowing down because of the second shutdown and the second shutdowns are coming into place like Arizona, which was the fastest growing job and housing market in the country the past few years, California, which is always strong, Texas, which has been huge and Florida this is scary, brother. I mean, the reality is I think that we're headed for something that is going to be ugly. And you've also got the protections for evictions going away. 
And the, the mortgage is starting in August. You're going to see, I think, banks have no choice but to start foreclosing. I think we're, we're in for a tsunami of nastiness. And we've been able to put a Band-Aid on it. We put some makeup on it. We've hit it. But it's, it's, it's time that we're going to have to see what this thing looks like. And just to emphasize what you just said, the lead story over at CNN, experts urge U.S. to shut down and start over which basically means we go back to what we did in mid-March. And obviously, you know, that was supposed to be two weeks to flatten the curve and okay, maybe to the end of April. And you have calls now from these experts to literally go back to where we were at the very beginning of this. This is going to, this is going to be an economic death blow. No, oh, absolutely. Abs- it, it, there, there's no doubt in my mind that we're going to be in a situation here in the coming, I would say three, three months or so, that you're going to really see what it was like because it's been a lagging, there's a lagging indicator. We were able to give some people some money. We were able to help. uh, And in many cases, you know, bring people square or in some cases pay them more than they were earning, uh, which is, it's kind of a false, you know, thing because it's not as much as people think. And it's also not as small as people think because my, my little sister, she's making a thousand dollars a week. She's 19 years old. She wasn't making anywhere near that. Uh, But, we're going to be in an ugly situation because we can't sustain it. We're borrowing money from ourselves. We're borrowing money from our future, our kids' future, our kids, 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 kids' future. We're, we're running in a situation where maybe getting to a point where inflation is, no matter how hard the Fed tries to play with it, it's, it's going to get ugly. And the foreclosure thing, that'll be interesting to see because we know once that starts to happen, the good purchases that go with buying a home you know, televisions and stuff like that, that takes a dip. You really start to feel that. And that's what happened in 2008. And it's, yeah, it's going to be ugly, man. It's going to be ugly. Uh, and some people weather it better than others. But the reality is, is if we start all over again, I, I, we're looking at beyond a great depression, I think. I think we're looking at a decade of lost productivity. Remember a few months ago when they said the summer heat would kill this thing? There you are in the desert in the middle of July and it's, it's not gone. Part of the problem, Greg, is the fact that the rest of the country goes outside. It's 115. We all go inside. We all go inside. So that's been part of the problem is, is, is we, we had indoors because who wants to be outside in 115 degree weather? Well, uh, Dr. Fauci, I don't know if you saw his opening pitch last night at the Nationals Fantastic Yankees game. Yeah, that was a little bit outside, at least to a right-handed hitter. But, uh, you know, he got it somewhere between home plate and first base on the bounce. He made more headlines for sitting in the stands with his mask under his chin. So that's where we are with the start of the Major League Baseball season. Uh, the big headline is that Fauci had his mask under his chin. So uh, he's yeah, be- but I think he had a hot dog or something in his hand. So I mean, I, I really can't. I mean, I, we're always looking for something, aren't we? To 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 throw at you know, we're looking to make something out of nothing, and it's very sad. But uh, <laughs> that's where we are. I mean, we are we are in this weird world of you know. We first of all, you got to make fun of the pitch because it was off. Oh yeah. Secondly, I think the Cincinnati mayor was Mark Mallory. I think he had the worst <laughs> pitch ever. Like uh, Fifty Cent had a bad pitch. Do you remember Fifty Cent? Oh yeah, at the Mets game, right? He, he threw the ball straight into the ground. Yeah, Fauci. I'm. I don't envy that guy. People get mad at him. They turn everything into politically. But you know what? If you study his history and realize, man, that guy fought hard. In you know, was the forefront of fighting HIV and and stuff like that. This guy's got a hard job, especially when you're dealing. Let's be real, dealing with Trump. As much as you might love Trump, he's probably not the easiest to work with at times. I think every celebrity first pitch that goes like that makes you appreciate George W. Bush's 9-11 pitch uh, all the more. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Was, what, what Jorge Posada say to him? If you miss, man, they're going to boo. 
Yeah, yeah, Yankee Stadium. And he threw it from the rubber on the mound. So that was even even right. more impressive. But uh, you know what? If you go back and look at all the presidential first pitches in the last, you know, several years or whatever, they get to go on the rubber. Nobody else does. <laughs> you're not going to tell the president you don't get to stand there. That's right. Yeah. Obama, that, that wasn't his strong game either. Let's talk about the other or another Washington sports team. Doesn't have a nickname. Used to be the Redskins. Was the Redskins for... Oh, gosh, 70-some years ever since they moved from Boston. But uh, in the wake of everything we've seen here in the last few weeks, of course, at the, the beginning of July, the Redskins said they're going to review things, which meant that the name was going to go away. And it uh, didn't take long for them to say, you know what, uh, we're done. We're going to retire the name and the logo. They're furiously trying to uh, erase all the digital images by the time the season is scheduled, I should emphasize, to kick off in September. But yesterday, Chad, we got the interesting news that the new name is not here yet. And so we've got a new name that's simply Washington football team. The team says for updated brand clarity and consistency purposes, we will call ourselves the Washington football team pending adoption of our new name. The Redskins name and logo will be officially retired by the start of the 2020 season. We encourage fans, media, and all other parties to use Washington football team immediately they're also rolling out a new aesthetic that reflects the direction of the franchise which means the color scheme is the same but instead of the red skin on the helmet it's just going to be a a burgundy helmet with gold uh the number of the players so uh there's there's changing the name and then there's just not getting around to it some believe that uh, the owner daniel snyder is trying to milk all he can off of washington football team merchandise and then he'll do the same whenever they finally pick a new mascot what do you make of this I'm okay with them getting rid of the name. You know, we, we can look at the, you know, the Chiefs. I don't think that's offensive. Uh, the Braves, uh, you can understand that. I mean, you know, oddly enough, as we talk about this, I have a, uh, an Indians t-shirt on, but instead of the Indians, it's, it's got a white guy with blonde hair and it says Caucasians. That's satire. We get that. I, I can understand getting rid of the Redskins. I got, I got zero problem with that. I think you should have been a little bit more thoughtful in putting together the name. But look, Daniel Snyder wants a new stadium. There's all this stuff behind there when it comes to money, not just advertisers leaving, but what else is he getting? Because you know he doesn't do these things. I mean, because he promised, I can guarantee it, put it in writing, you're never going to change the name, that there was some stuff in the background where the NFL and probably D.C. saying, look, we'll help you get a stadium. We'll help you do a lot of different things. You can, you know, ruin the fan experience somewhere else. Uh, You know, it's... (laughs) Because he is, I mean, he does, and 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 it's there's a lot more to it, but I got no problems with it. If I was them, man, I'd just go with Washington, uh, you know, Football Club of D.C. or something like that, something cool, right? Sporting Club of Washington, something kind of neat and fun, and uh, you know, give it a European soccer name or something cool like that, and and have fun with it and make some money. But it it it's time. I'm okay with it going away. I was going to ask you about that because uh, for listeners who, who don't know, Chad used to play professional soccer. So yeah, you've got these FC teams, FC, I think Barcelona. I'm, I don't follow soccer. So yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. FC Barcelona, but, but, something like that. Okay. So, but do those teams then have another nickname or are they just FC Barcelona? And so they could just say FC Washington because they are football. Yeah, different, Bar- different you just call them Barcelona. They call them Barca. Like uh, the team, like, you know, uh, some teams have a nickname like you know, Manchester United. Their nickname is the Red Devils. Uh, you know, I mean, so some, some of them have nicknames, uh, but by and large, you know, it's like sporting club. Well, a lot of reasons they used to call those teams sporting clubs because 
they're a sporting club. They're a club that has like a handball team and handball in Europe is not like handball here, uh, an ice hockey team, a track, you know, team and, and stuff. If I was them, I would go with the, you know, the, the, the football, you know, something cool like that, you know, something, you know, the American football team of Washington, something neat. And then you can call yourself like the pigs or, you know, the hogs, you know, that'll be their nickname, but you just call them Washington outside of that. It's, that would be just kind of unique, right? Just take away where there is no, well, until they change Washington, because he was awful. Until they do that, uh, there is, you know, th- there's no, nobody needs to worry about it, right? You're not going to get trouble with anybody. And it, so it's, yeah, it's kind of cool. Like, but like a lot of teams will have, like Arsenal is a team in London, and they're called the Gunners. But really, they're just Arsenal. So, but it's, every, they, they, some teams will have little nicknames here and there. You know, who I feel sorry for uh, here in Washington, which I, is, is rare for me, especially when it comes to journalists, headline writers for the sports section for this upcoming season, because, you know, you could say, you know, Redskins lose 45 to 10, which is you know, something like that. Uh, but now you just have to say football team loses. I mean, that's not exactly the most creative headline writing. They're really no. going to earn their pay if, 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 they're, if they're not going to have boring headlines this year. No, you got to put football team loses again. <laughs> it's probably what you're going to have to write again in front of an empty crowd, even though crowds are allowed back in the stadium again. I'm waiting for them to change the nationals because somehow that'll be nationalistic. And they'll be like, we got to get rid of that. That's going to offend somebody. Well, we just talked about that yesterday because they have the racing presidents who are from Mount Rushmore and they have an eagle as a mascot. And, you know, what have we learned in the past few weeks here? Uh, Mount Rushmore is somehow a, a, an ode to slaveholders and an eagle is reminiscent of Nazi Germany. So that's, that's where we are on those things right now. But uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's actually going to be a net plus, I think for the Washington football team this year, because none of their own fans were showing up to games. It was always the opposing team. Their fans who live locally would gobble up a, a ton of the tickets and would easily outnumber the Redskins fans as you listened and watched on TV. And so the fact that they've got to scale it back even more is probably actually <laughs> A benefit to Washington this year. Yeah, oh, totally. 110%. A benefit to them because they are, uh, well, they're just the Washington Football Club of D.C. There you yes. go. Yeah, there you go. Well, they're sorry, and uh, they're probably going to be sorry for at least this year and probably many years to come, regardless of where they play and what they're called. So on that optimistic note, Chad, have a good weekend. Thanks for being here. You too, brother. Appreciate it. Chad Benson is host of the Chad Benson Show on the Radio America Network. I'm Greg Columbus of Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Please subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch and leave us a kind review with five stars. We always love those. Also, you can get us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Have a wonderful weekend, and please join us on Monday when Jim Garrity will be back on the Three Martini Lunch.